is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. That's the final action of this match. Portsmouth are going to Wembley. Can it be forced in? It can! Portsmouth have scored! And what a huge goal that could be! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. With the talent and the players that we've got and the ambition, I think there's no reason why we can't put our minds to promotion. Action and reaction. We've been in League One for too long and there's no guarantee, but you know there's a real sense of urgency and ambition to gain promotion. Giving Pompey fans a voice. No more looking back now for football. We're going to try to create something that's really exciting. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is the search for a league win goes on. Final whistle goes here at St James Park and Portsmouth's losing run has come to an end but it's a nil-nil draw that they will feel they could and maybe should have found a way to get more from. Pompey were held to a goalless draw by Exeter City at St James Park on Boxing Day as their run without a victory in League One was extended to seven games. On tonight's show, we'll deliver a full review of that stalemate and hear the post-match thoughts of Danny Cowley, who emphasises the team's ambition to always go out and win whilst urging supporters to keep the faith. Our ambition always is to try to win. I think, you know, those that are with us and believe in us will see the positives in that performance because I thought there were a lot. We'll also hear tonight from Blues Chief Executive Andy Cullen. He's been clearing up recent rumours regarding the transfer budgets that are being set for the gaffer. Over the past year, we've not reduced the budget in any way. Let's you know debunk that myth completely. We've only added to it. Not only will we be discussing the key moments from Monday's stalemate with the Grecians and reacting to Danny Cowley's post-match comments, but we'll also be hearing that interview with Andy Cullen and previewing the Blues' next fixture. So be sure to stay tuned here to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Brought to you as ever by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app today from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to prepay for your journey and view up-to-date timetables in your area. I hope you've had a fantastic Christmas and enjoyed the festivities. Were you fortunate enough to receive any Pompey presents? Let us know. Text your name and message starting with the word EXPRESS to 81400. Email sport at expressfm.com. Include at ExpressFM if you're on Twitter or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Don't hesitate to also get in touch with your thoughts on yesterday's performance at St James Park and your score prediction ahead of Thursday's visit of Ipswich to PO4. Between now and seven, me and my two studio guests will be discussing all of the events of the Blues Boxing Day trip to Devon and previewing their next fixture. But first, a reminder of yesterday's action. Danny Cowley made three changes to the Portsmouth side that were defeated by MK Dons nine days prior as the search for maximum points in League One continued. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. Portsmouth are in their mint green shirts with white sleeves, black shorts and green socks. They go from left to right as we look at things from our position up in the commentary gantry. Exeter, red and white striped shirts, red shorts, red socks. We're underway. Oh, suddenly the ball's given away. And probably take a shot on goal. They hit the post. 
They hit the post and they can't believe it. Blackman made a complete mess of throwing the ball out. I think it's Hume who struck it. He's just tried to guide it on target. It looked all the world like it was in and it clatters back off the post. And Portsmouth inches away from taking the lead. It's still nil. Tunnicliffe, is he going to hit it? Tunnicliffe goes past another challenge. Tunnicliffe still going. And a slide challenge puts the ball just wide. Almost winning off the defender. It's a corner kick. It's still nil-nil. Whips it in and towards Robertson. The header is brilliantly saved by Blackman. And Morrison can't believe it's not gone in. That's a wonderful bit of goalkeeping nil-nil. Bouncing around. Down to hit it. And he's put it in the net, but the whistle had gone for a foul before then. Final whistle goes here at St James Park. And Portsmouth's losing run has come to an end. But it's a nil-nil draw that they will feel they could and maybe should have found a way to get more from. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights there of the Blues nil-nil draw with Exeter City at St James's Park yesterday afternoon. Boxing Day football for the first time for Pompey since 2019, ending in a goalless draw with Exeter City. Other results from the festive period in League One then. Accrington Stanley 1, Barnsley 1, Burton Albion 3, Lincoln City nil. Cambridge United United 2, Shrewsbury Town 1, Charlton Athletic 1, Peterborough United 1, Cheltenham 0, Plymouth Argyle 1, Fleetwood 1, Sheffield Wednesday 2. Ipswich, Pompey's opponents on Thursday evening, they defeated Oxford United by three goals to nil. MK Dons were 1-0 uh, victors over Forest Green Rovers. Port Vale, uh, the same scoreline for them, 1-0 winners over Morecambe. And Wickham Wanderers 2, Bristol Rovers one and there was one game today between Bolton and Derby County that also ended goalless at the University of Bolton Stadium. So the table looking a little bit like this: Plymouth Argyle's late, late win um, away at Cheltenham yesterday ensured they moved to the top of the table. They remain top of the table, rather. Ipswich stay in second place. Sheffield Wednesday, Barnsley, Bolton, and now Derby County occupy the playoff positions, with Wickham in seventh, Peterborough eighth, Port Vale ninth. Bristol Rovers 10th, and don't worry, I haven't forgotten about Pompey, but they're all the way down in 11th position. 30 points now for the Blues. Um, they haven't won a League One fixture in seven matches, but last time they did, the 25th of October, away at Forest Green Rovers. Now five points behind the playoff positions. However, they do have two games in hand on sixth place Derby County. At the bottom, Morecambe, Burton Albion, Forest Green Rovers and MK Dons make up the relegation zone. MK Dons on 21 points, just nine behind, or nine, yeah, nine behind the Blues. Uh, so it really is tightening up in the bottom half of the table. The Blues really need to pick up some points to avoid being dragged into some sort of relegation dogfight this season. Who'd thought we'd be talking about that? However, uh, to talk through all of yesterday's action and to preview uh, Pompey's next game on Thursday, evening i'd like to welcome number two studio guests first and foremost delighted to welcome back onto the show mr mark mcgee mark welcome hi jake cheers for having me mate no problem at all mark i hope you had a fantastic christmas did you um did you get any pompey presents this year apart from obviously we didn't get the three points no goals to be treated to but any any pompey related gifts 
I didn't, mate. I think I've exhausted the, the gift shop in the last few years, so I think they've run out of things to buy for me, so not this year, mate. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, alongside myself and, uh, and Mark this evening, we have a familiar face with the uh, From Before Neil written on over at YouTube blog, uh, Brendan Tutty. Brendan, a very good evening and welcome to the show. Uh, good evening, Jake, and thank you for having me again. Always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, same question to yourself, really. Any any Pompey-related gifts this year? Any, any excitement under the tree? Yeah, definitely. Um, my, 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 my girlfriend, luckily enough, bought me the uh, the Pompey away shirt, the black the black number with the uh, gold gold shoulders, and um, even printed the name on the back of a, a Jay Mingi in number twenty five. So Ooh. we all dream of a team of Jay Mingi, <laughs> and I like to sing that one at the games. Yeah, absolutely, um, fantastic. Um, right, let's get down to the serious business. Then, um, Brendan, you were at the game yesterday afternoon at St James's Park, nil nil for Pompey against Exeter pre season. You probably look at that game and expect the Blues to be winning it off the back of consecutive defeats in the league to Wickham and MK Dons before we really delve too deep into it it's not a totally bad result given recent form that's all I'll say for now yeah, I'll stand with that as well, actually, Jake. It's a very good point. Um, obviously, being at, um, blessed to be at Wickham and uh, MK Dons as well at Fram Park and, uh, and at Wick- Adams Park, um, it was a better performance. Obviously, looking at the game, and I think we had the better chances and we should have put our chances away. Um, and Jam- Jamal Blackman had a, had a good game to try and keep the game at nil-nil. They didn't particularly threaten us too much either. Um, I think Griffiths made a couple of saves and he nearly got, got caught out at his near post in, early in the f- second half. But we seemed to control the game pretty well in the second. And um, just unfortunately, we just couldn't put the ball in the net to, to win the game. But improvement over MK Dons and Wickham, 100%. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, however, Mark, on the flip side of that, improvement definitely uh, from the previous two outings for Pompey uh, yesterday at St James's Park. Um, however, still winless in the last seven in the league, still only one victory in the last 12 in League One and only one goal scored in the previous five attempts in League One. So yes, an improvement on the pitch. Yes, technically an improvement in terms of the result from the last two games. However, you'd still be expecting more from this Pompey side, presumably aiming for promotion this season, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, not to be all doom and gloom, but I mean, it couldn't get much worse, could it? So I mean, the fact that they were better yesterday is uh, is an improvement. Mm. But um, yeah, I think such has been the form recently that we're never going to, when we, when we do finally turn our form around, it's not going to be some sort of miraculous, you know, 4 nil, 5 nil result, is it? So I think it's a step in the right direction. Baby steps for now will do, you know, um, not losing and breaking that duct is, is a positive. So I think baby steps, maybe look towards the next game. It's not going to be easy, but if we can come away from that game of a point, players' heads don't drop too much and we can start looking towards the next uh, half of the season and try and pick up some more positive results. Definitely. Um, and going through the events uh, of the game yesterday, then, Brendan, we'll start off the first sort of 10 minutes of that match. It, it seemed to be total, really, extra dominance, didn't it, the first sort of 10 and 15 minutes. And you, you felt that Pompey were a little bit under precaution, perhaps a little bit fortunate not to have, have conceded an early goal, let alone take an early lead. Yeah, they did seem to dominate the ball on top of us, but um, we held our own. You know, there were a few chances where they um, sort of get down in behind us. I think Morrison got caught a couple of times. And uh, and Robertson on his side as well. That's all sort of the wider of the centre of the three. Um, and uh, Griffiths pulled off a good save. And I think Griffiths had a good game yesterday, mm. which um, he's been getting a lot of criticism this season. Obviously, we blessed with Gavin last year, and now we've got um, Griffiths in goal. Um, uh, he, 
<clears throat> he, he's holding his own, I think. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's, you can't drop him. I don't kill his confidence. You drop him but yeah. unless he makes an absolute horrendous game. But when he's just making every keeper makes a mistake in the game, you go go and St. King George's playing fields on a Sunday. Every keeper makes a mistake in a game. So yeah. um, just moving on from that. Yeah, we and, did well. And I think we mentioned a couple of weeks, Brendan, um, on the show that around about this time last year. Gavin Bazuni himself had made a couple of maybe questionable decisions. Uh, we know goalkeeping's uh, probably one of the most difficult um, positions on the pitch. You know, it, it, it is all definitely you know, down to you. If the goal goes into the back of the net, you are the first port of call as to why the goal or why the ball went past you. And I think Gavin Bazuni made a couple of questionable decisions and uh, a few errors at this stage last season. However, second half of the campaign, fantastic. Now mm-hmm. he's gone to a club down the road, um, yeah. given the controversy in the summer, and actually given their current form and uh, maybe recent performances from the Irishman in between the sticks you can't help but feel that maybe Gavin, uh, Agent Gavin's been sent to St Mary's to uh, to help us out a little bit can't you he's yeah, not does, doing too well no, it does feel that way yeah rock bottom of the Premier League it could be worse Bombay fans it could be worse however um, it'd be nice to be in that division first and foremost wouldn't it mm-hmm. um, so let's move on from that um Mark, Pompey did find their way back into the game at Exeter yesterday and really large parts of the sort of second period of that first half uh, plenty of opportunities to take the lead and uh, and really take the game by the scruff of the neck and we mentioned it was an improved performance however, yet again as we mentioned the stat earlier on one goal in the last five in the league yet again can't put the ball into the back of the net and, and once again it, it, it's about taking your chances it's about something Pompey haven't been able to do recently yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, <clears throat> looking at the highlights, I mean, it looks like uh, we've had a few decent opportunities. We've been really, really, really unlucky, to be honest. I mean, there's no excuse, of course, but um, I mean, it's a step in the right direction. I mean, getting the clean sheet on the road is something to be proud of. I don't, I don't think form really comes into it. I think getting a clean sheet on the road is is a good result, um, no matter what position that the team you're facing uh, is in. But I think. I think I think it can be looked at in a positive the positive light. I think there would have been absolute bedlam on social media and amongst Pompey fans had we lost that game. So I think it says a lot about the players' character and the manager's character to come out and, and not lose a game, which I think would have been really significant to our season. Um, but there were a lot of positives yesterday. Um, I, I liked the fact that he he didn't you know just uh, go over his, his his usual lineup. He, he changed the team. He went with two strikers up top, which I think is something that the fans just wanted to see. We just want to see something different, don't we? we want to see like at least something change and then we can you know stop the criticism of the manager a little bit and say well at least he did try that um so i think there's a lot of positives to take and like i said baby steps i mean nil nil okay away at exeter not not the best result but you know it could have got so much worse you can't help but feel as well brendan maybe if form hadn't been uh, as bad as it has been quite frankly of late for pompey but a nil nil draw at exeter if we're sat here talking the blues are in the playoff positions challenging for a top three place you go to exeter okay it's a bit of a boring game you drew or not a boring game really but in terms of a scoreline a nil nil draw nothing to really shout about and you, okay you might come away from that and think okay it's, it's something to, to really build upon as, as mark's quite rightly mentioned there a point away at exeter keeping a clean sheet given how strong they are on home turf it, it's not a bad result however the frustration comes because of the recent form because of a failure to to see out a victory but do you think yesterday you can see improvements you can see potential of this side actually growing back into their old cells from you know the august september period where we went on eight games unbeaten we were top of the league do you think you saw glimpses of that yesterday 
and you know, sort of steps to come in the future. Yeah, definitely. I, the, 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 uh, I think the confidence is growing in the team throughout the game. Also, the first, the shaky first ten minutes, we're growing into the game slowly and slowly. I thought Piggott had a great game. Nice to see him mm-hmm. back in the starting line. We've been crying out for Piggott to start in the league for a long time. Back with um, Bishop because I think Scarlett unfortunately hasn't um, been the the powerhouse that we've seen previously. Um, <clears throat> Rico again had, had a good game. I think he, he gets his criticism, but I think he's done well. And Dale run his socks off. Bishop wins everything and tries to control the ball a lot. And you know, when I first saw the lineup, I saw Tunnicliffe starting. I thought, well, something's seriously wrong if if he's starting. You got Morel on the bench, and there's no Jay Mingy and Tom Lowry in the squad. Um, obviously, they've got some, there's an illness throughout mm. the, throughout the squad. But um, what I noticed a lot um, at the end of the game, being in the stands, being at Wickham, and then being at MK Dons, uh, very hostile at the end of the matches and throughout the match as well. Which where yesterday, I didn't see any at the end of the game any booing or any frustration mm. or anger given towards the manager and towards the um, the players. You know, even before the game, I thought, well, oh, Danny's coming over to clap the the, the support in as yeah. he does every day every game and um, no one was shouting abuse at him which was good to see you know and it shows that you know it might have it's not forgotten but we've we've moved past that game it's a new game we start fresh and that's the way it came across yesterday and it was good to see there was no no abuse given to the players which was nice to see you mentioned there Brendan the manager Danny Cowley let's hear from him now he caught up with Max Swatton after a full time whistle at St James's Park well Danny a 0-0 draw Vex tell your thoughts on that result and performance yeah, we're disappointed not to win. I think we've done enough to, to win the game. We've certainly created enough chances and had enough dominance and control as the away team. If we're being critical of ourselves, first half, we have to take some of those chances that come our way. And second half, yeah, we um, have to credit their goalkeeper, who I thought was the man of the match, made so many good saves. I thought, yeah, probably we need to make more of our set pieces. I don't remember having more corners and free kicks around the box than that. I thought first half, we looked a real threat. Second half, not so much. So, um yeah, for us to, to go back and, and look at that because we know that these can be the little bits that get you on the right side of the small margins. Yeah, much improved uh, performance as a whole, you could say. What do you need to do to go that one step further to get the three points and, and score? Well, listen, our, our ambition always is to try to win. I think, you know, those that are with us and believe in us will see the positives in that performance because I thought there were a lot. Obviously, those that are not will see that we haven't scored again and, yeah, ultimately we have to look at that as a collective group. I think, you know, we haven't, haven't scored in the league in recent games. Managed to score goals in the cup competitions, obviously three against Stevenage, three against MK Dons, two away at Ipswich. But, yeah, for us, we're... we're creating chances we just have to find the first goal and sometimes when you find the first goal the second goal is is much easier than to find three changes coming into the game what was the thinking there <laughs> yeah we we've had a lot of illness in the group this week it's been it's been really tough we had to change the team about 15 times obviously Dane Scarlett didn't make it Joe Mingy didn't make the coach either they both kind of got throat infections um, Joe Morell hadn't trained until yesterday and yeah I mean Conor Ogilvy didn't didn't even warm up today because he he deteriorated overnight so yeah and there was four or five that probably playing under the weather we understand no one cares um and we have to um try to find everything that we have in in the moment and the players i thought um to a man effort and attitude was was first class they they left it all out there um and now what we have to do is uh, recover well Boys that have been ill, got to try to try to get better quickly, um, and those that haven't been, have got to try to stay stay well away from it. Just how much of a boost is it to have Zach Swanson back, an extra choice? 
Yeah, Zach did great. I thought he came on and did really well. I mean, he's literally just only trained for for at the right at the back end of the week, so he's done fantastic to to make the squad, um, let alone get on the pitch. So credit to him. And yeah, obviously with with our situation at right back with with three injuries, it's a it's a big positive. And just finally a word on the away end, over 1,200 Pompey fans packed in there today. Yeah, I thought they were brilliant. I thought they they, they stayed with the team throughout. Uh, of course, we wanted to win the game. Um, it felt like we were going to. Um, we certainly had momentum. I thought it was a, a dominant display. And at the moment, it's just not going for us. And we understand this. Sometimes when you're in a storm, these, these things can happen. You know... You, you, you look at the moments, um, particularly in the first half, you look at the goalkeeper's performance, it's not a time to feel sorry for ourselves. We have to, uh, we have to keep working, have to keep fighting and know that uh, that little bit of luck that sometimes you need, we'll find it if we keep really focused and committed to the course. There we are then, the post-match comments of Danny Cowley after yesterday's goalless draw between Pompey and Exeter at St James's Park. Right after the break, we will be continuing to pick apart yesterday's board draw in Devon, as well as hearing more from you tuning in back home and Portsmouth Chief Executive Andy Cullen will also be on the show. He's been reacting to recent reports that claimed the Blues' playing budget was representative of a mid-table side. The budget, I heard it quoted in some sources recently that it was a mid-table. Couldn't be further from the truth. We have a budget which is one that competes for the playoffs in a very strong way. And that's been the case in most of the recent seasons. More when the Football Hour returns after this. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Hello there, welcome back to the show here on Express FM. The Football Hour is what you join us for right now. It's myself, Jake Smith, Mark McGee and Brenton Tertiet provide reaction to Pompey's Boxing Day stalemate at Exeter as well as look ahead to the Blues' next fixture at PO4. Stagecoach South are the proud supporters of the Football Hour this season. Download the app now or visit stagecoachbus.com. OK, let's take a look at some of the uh, text tweets and emails coming in uh, this evening. Then we'll start off with Mark um, on the text. Says, good solid performance. Performance yesterday, loved the effort, and with players coming back, we're going to go on a good run. Still think we will make the playoffs mark on the text. A reminder of that table as things stand heading into the new year then. Pompey, of course, do play Ipswich on Thursday evening at Fratton Park. They're currently 11th for the Blues on 30 points. Derby County in 6th with 35 points. They have also played two games more than the Blues. As of Bolton, Barnsley plays one more game with Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich and Plymouth all playing three more games. So although Pompey are 18 points behind the top two, that seems to be a little bit out of reach as things stand. The playoffs are well within reach. But, of course, you do have to win those games in the hands. But the Blues, having played 20 games, are still 26 games away from the end of the season. And I will forever say this, Brendan. It's how you end the season, not how you start the season. However, you can also understand why fans are frustrated, given what they've seen recently. There is that element of trying to battle these two conflicting opinions we're so frustrated, we're so annoyed, we are 
angered as to, as to why Pompey are performing as they have done over the past 12 matches. However, at the same time, you look at the table, you look at how things will pan out, hopefully, we, we, we hope in January not onwards, the players returning from injury, Joe Rafferty, Tom Lowry, if we eventually get to see them, and the fact there are still 26 games remaining. Are you still keeping the faith that, that something can still be made of this season? Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely a, a, play, a person who's, who's I'm very optimistic and I'm uh, uh, very glass half full rather than half empty. And I, I look to the positive side of Portsmouth, you know. And I do criticise when we do play badly, and um, you know, and we make a, a strange de- and uh, Danny makes a strange decision with his substitutions. You know, everyone's free to their opinions, but yeah, a lot of the negativity come around the ground. People asking for the, the the board to be sacked and the Cowley to be sacked. You know, and, and then they all want us to spend money in January. Well, if you're going to sack the manager and Sack his brother and sack them. You know the head, the, the, the coaches. You know the, your budget's gone. Yeah, yeah. You, you know you, you want all this money spent in January and the owners to back it. Yeah, you spend two million sacking the the uh, the head coach and his assistant and um, even Simon Bassey. And then yeah, where's your budget gone? Hmm. You stuck with all the players you got, and he ain't going anywhere. And not only you know if if people are holding those opinions, which is you know right right you know rightfully so. If you, if you do think that, let us know. Get in touch, and you're, you're certainly entitled to your opinion. However, from from that point of view, from, you know, reflecting on that, Brendan, you mentioned financially that it wouldn't necessarily make too much sense given the fact that maybe we do need to invest a bit more in the actual squad in January. Mm-hmm. But also, what that would then leave for any 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 future manager coming in, you know, any. An interim boss coming in, they'd have to then reshape a the squad. They'd have to spend some time getting their own players in and restructuring the squad. You'd assume they wouldn't necessarily keep the same starting eleven, the same tactical setup, and that then pegs Pompey back even further. So, yeah, quite quite rightfully, you know, with those games in hand, with over half a season remaining, sacking a manager whilst you're still five points off for playoff positions with his team, with his ideas, with something what we hope to be growing. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? Yeah, no, I didn't hear anyone calling Cowley out of Port Vale away when we were top of the league. <laughs> no one, no one was saying it then. You know, you, you know, we, I admit we haven't won a game since October, so it ain't good at the end of the day. <laughs> but, you know, things need to change. Not. But no. not, not not sacking the manager no. after this It's no. silly, um, in my opinion. No, no, absolutely. And and like like we say, everyone is certainly entitled to their opinion. And. On that, Brendan, you know, whilst we are quite quite clear and what we think in, in regards to that situation, you can also understand why why fans are are of that opinion because you look at football nowadays. Um, I think in the Championship, um, thirteen managers have been sacked in the past eighteen months. Yeah. So I think one of the, one of the um, I'm going to have to look at. I'm going to have to get the actual official stats up in a second. But I think one of the longest serving managers in the Championship right now has only been at his particular club for. a a couple of years and yeah. that is unfortunately the current way of, of football right now you, if there's not a lot of loyalty given to given to managers there's not a lot of time given it's such a relentless brutal business nowadays you can you can understand why people are off that standpoint that if you're not getting imminent success then that's it that, that, that's it but, but I don't think many people think about the repercussions afterwards no no because I look at a manager for example at Wickham and Gareth Ainsworth he's been there for, he's, for the, he's the longest serving manager I think in our league mm. you know and he's done well for them you know he's embedded his, his style of football he, he got them promoted you know he's done a couple of promotions with them from, with them from League 2 to League 1 and you know then they went to the championship they've come back down again you know, and he, he seems to get on well with them. So I'd like to see 
Danny, Nicky, be those kind of head coaches, managers, whatever you want to call them, be the ones who stick around for a long while, yeah. you know, and you can tell that they get the club, they get the city, you know, and to rip that away from them, you know, in my opinion, is not fair. No. And I, I think they've got a lot more to give to the club, the football team, and the city itself. Yeah. Um, give them time to prove it. Give them time to prove that, you know, this is the best squad and they've got the, the Arsenal to, to turn things around. And of course, maybe in the summer, depending on the situation, if Pompey are still mid table or, or certainly scrapping at the perhaps the bottom half or, or not quite, you know, reaching the same standards as they are now, Brendan, then maybe that is a, a time where you might step back and assess things and, and, and go yeah. from there, but certainly not, um, you know, not right after Christmas, definitely. Mm. Um, looking at, at those stats, actually, Mark Robbins uh, of Coventry City in the Championship, the highest. Um, the, the longest served manager in that division currently in Coventry haven't necessarily been in the championship that, that long have they recently mm-hmm. um, five years 296 days then it's uh, Gary Rowett at Millwall he's been there for three years and 67 days and after that you go all the way down to Nigel Pearson at Bristol City he was appointed in February 2021 mm. the third longest serving manager in the championship um, was appointed 18 months ago 20 months ago yeah. It's, it's, it's a relentless business. You mentioned Gareth Ainsworth. He's been at Wickham for 10 years, 94 days. Uh, the longest serving manager, whilst we're on the topic, is uh, Simon Weaver, Harrogate Town. He's been with Harrogate since uh, May 2009. However, a lot of that period, of course, coming in the non-league pyramid. The current longest serving, for anyone asking, in League One, of course, Gareth Ainsworth. Um, right, going a little bit off topic, but we'll come <laughs> back to, um, to, to Mark for his next question. Um, going back to Pompey's display yesterday, Mark, of course, there were plenty of opportunities to, to take the lead, secure the victory, not only for Pompey, but for Exeter too. But from a Blues perspective, um, do you think a lot of that comes down to the fantastic performance shown by Jamal Blackman in between the sticks? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, it, it doesn't take um, a genius to work out that we had a lot well, we had a lot more shots on target yesterday than we more, normally would have. I think um, <laughs> if, you, you know, if you looked at the highlight reel like I did, I mean, most of those highlights are Jamel Blackman in action, uh, making some, some pretty pretty good saves from from, uh, from a corner, from a few shots from distance. I mean, obviously, shots from distance aren't, aren't ideally where we want to be sort of getting our goals from. But yeah, yeah, look, we, we tested the keeper, which is something that we can often go through a game and not do enough. Um, I think a lot of fans will admit that. So we tested the keeper. You can't say we didn't do that. We kept a clean sheet. We did all the right things. There just wasn't, you know, um, a finishing touch on it. I don't know still what that comes down to. I think it's probably just the confidence. Um, I think if you only have to look back at the start of the season where we had confidence flowing through our team, we were we were giving the ball to the striker in a lot of promising positions. And I think that comes with confidence a lot of the time. So I think that'll come. But I think the yes, yesterday's result was really important on it. And I think it could hopefully turn the tide. Yeah. Um, Brendan, you mentioned it earlier in the show in regards to um, why a couple of the members of the squad yesterday were missing um, from not only the starting 11 but the match day 18 as well. Jane Mingi and Dane Scarlett reportedly not travelling um, due to a sickness bug. Conor Ogilvie did travel but um, but didn't come on. He um, he wasn't even warming up pre-game. We heard from Danny Cowley in the interview in part one of tonight's show. Um, and yeah, there just seems to be a, a, another bug going around the camp as there has done a few times this season, which is um, which is frustrating. Um, you, you add that to the injury concerns that Danny Cowley's got. Um, of course, having to play Brian Tunnicliffe yesterday, having to reshape the back line again. Speaking to um, 
I was speaking to, to someone about this. I'm going to have to try and remember who it was. But in regards to, to, to why it was Jay Sadler, of course it was Pompey Live yesterday afternoon, Jay Sadler was mentioning why Pompey have been on this run and maybe the factors and the reasons behind it. We know the injury crisis, we know the World Cup, and we know um, that the sickness bug that's gone around the squad a few times. We haven't played a consistent back four, back five, or even really a midfield pairing for consecutive games since... That this run really started back at the end of September, start of October. So, yeah, it, it's hard for Danny Cowley, who's got his hands tied when the options are limited in terms of personnel due to these injuries and sickness bugs, um, when you can't keep a consistent squad because of elements out, outside of your control, right? Yeah, that, that it look, definitely looks like the reason why, you know, having to, you know, I think that Forest Green game, we started with, with Tannercliffe and Mingi, and Mingi was making his first, like, professional start in the league for Pompey, and, um, you know, Swanson had to drop in and out because he was fit, then he got injured, and before that, he we didn't know if he was mature enough and ready to, to start, only being a young lad that he is, but we noticed he took to it to a duck to water. He was, he was brilliant. Um, it's, it's frustrating that we can't keep this... Uh, natural uh, or sort of like stable team because that, that, that's what you know we noticed with uh, you know the managed not be named Kenny Jacket you know he kept a very consistent team you could predict Kenny Jacket's team even before even before 2 o'clock on a, on a Saturday you knew the, the lineup would be maybe you'd play it'd either be Hawkins or Pittman you know you take your pick which one's it going to be but that's the only sort of like discretional player that you'd, you'd notice would be the one yeah. but yeah the, the, definitely the reason why there's been issues I think is the, the amount of time we're chopping and changing this lineup and that's not Danny's fault it is because of illness, injuries, yeah. suspensions. 81400 is our text number if you'd like to have your say between now and 7 o'clock. Pompey fans, start your messages with the word express and add your name at the end as well so we know who's getting in touch with us. Otherwise, you can tweet at expressfm, visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or email sport at expressfm.com. And that is exactly uh, what Stephen Jerome has done. He says, good evening, guys. I don't think we played too badly yesterday. It was a decent point away from home and a much better performance from what we saw against MK Dons last week. But we are struggling to score goals at the minute. And if you want to win games, you have to put the ball into the net. I feel we really need to strengthen up front in January. I think we need to bring in two, maybe three, decent strikers to get us scoring goals again. Perhaps Joe Ironside from Cambridge would be a good one to bring in if we can get him in. Steve uh, Jerome in Fratton, thank you very much uh, for your email there. In regards to the January transfer window, we're going to come on and talk about that in the next part of the show, but a rumour here um, from the Scottish Sun, who says that a St Mirren midfielder, Ethan Erahon, is uh, wanted by both Pompey and Forest Green Rovers. So the Scottish Sun reporting that midfielder Ethan Erahon from St Mirren wanted by Pompey as well as Forest Green Rovers with uh, reportedly St Mirren accepting a bid from the Blues. No concrete um, evidence of that, of course. Uh, I don't think you can really take that for, for granted unless Pompey themselves tweet that Pompey have signed uh, a new player. However, that is the latest rumour, really the first rumour of the January transfer window. Something we'll talk about in the next part of the show as well as that particular player and what he might be able to bring to the team as well. But from the January transfer window to budgets now, and it's recently been reported by outside um, sources, allegedly, that Pompey have got a mid-table playing budget in League One, something that Pompey Chief Executive Andy Cullen has been trying to clear up with supporters. I think people get hooked up by budgets, and if you look at the team at the top of the league at the moment, they don't have a 
you know, a, a, a big budget at all, but they've done incredibly well, uh, as indeed, um, you know, other clubs in recent seasons have done by, you know, being very smart and very, uh, and having a plan and having a strategy as to where they're going and not being deflected by that. And that's where, you know, I want this football club to be and what we're trying to do by putting all the conditions you know, for success. And over the past year, you know, we've, we've, you know, we, 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 we've, we, we've not reduced the budget in any way. Let's, you know, debunk that myth completely. We've only added to it. We've been able to be very smart in the way that we've recruited. Um, as I said, I think we had a really good window in some of the stuff that uh, the players that we brought into the building were good. We're very lucky that we've now got the addition of Richard Hughes as well. That takes away a lot of the operational pressures off myself. Uh, and off Danny Cowley, uh, Richard focusing on those things and obviously adding to our knowledge and our insight into making sure that our recruitment properly aligns to the strategy that we want to see and build for the long term. So the budget, I think, was quoted. I heard it. I heard it quoted uh, in, in 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 some sources recently that it was a mid-table. It couldn't be further from the truth. And let me tell you why. We get a benchmarking report from the Football League um, twice a year. We get one in October, and that's compiled from all the SCMP returns that are uh, submitted by each club in September. And by SCMP, it's called Salary Cost Management Protocol. Um, each club is only able to spend 65% of its income uh, on players' wages. And so each club files a return, and then the league do a benchmark, which is anonymised. All you know is your position in that table. And that table clearly shows that we have a budget, which is, cap which is one that competes uh, for the playoffs uh, in, a, in, a, in a very strong way. And that's been the case in, in, you know, in most of the recent seasons. So we need to deliver against that, and we're all aware of our responsibilities. It doesn't rest with one person, one individual. It rests with us all. Uh, and that's what we're determined to do and determined to achieve. As I said before, it's why so many of us are here at this football club, because we can see the potential and we want to deliver you know, the, you know, the, 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 the higher standard of football and be playing on a regular basis, competing for you know, the Premier League. That's where this football club needs to be and where it should be. There we go then. The uh, thoughts of Andy Cullen uh, clearing the air in regards to recent reports that uh, Pompey's transfer budget allegedly representative of a mid-table side um, in League One. Mark, myself and Brendan were talking um, off-air prior to coming on tonight's show regarding the same subject um, about Pompey's budget and the money that's being given not only to Danny Cowley but in previous seasons to Kenny Jacket as well. You look back a couple of seasons, Mark, and you look at the summer transfer window, I think it may have been twenty. 19 with uh, John Marquis, Marcus Harness, Ellis Harrison coming in, all for a hefty sum each. And you're probably looking between two and three million spent for all three of those players collectively. Is there a reason to be concerned, do you think, about the money that is being given to Pompey managers in recent seasons to get us out of this division? Or is, is it smart business from the club to get what we have previously praised to be very good players into this side who don't necessarily perform to the expectations that you'd like to set but certainly do you think the money that's being given to the managers to get us out of this division is, is fair? I think there's a lot of factors Jake to be honest I think a lot of factors um, I think a factor that needs to be taken into consideration is that we probably do have a budget that is superior to mid-table teams and can compete with playoff sides but I think um, you've got to take into consideration that when spending a sum of money especially at our level We've got to be really careful that we're going to be parting with the money that we feel, mm. you know, is the value of the player. Are we going to get back what we what we perceive as 
value for money. Mm. So I think that needs to be taken into account. I mean, um, I think there's a lot of people online who have a opinion on what we should be spending and how we should be spending it. But I think there's so many factors that go into this decision making. And I think getting someone in like Richard Hughes is vital because we need someone who can focus solely on that aspect, that aspect of our, our model. I think that's going to help massively. Um, I think having someone whose sole uh, job is to scour the market and find the best value for money is something that we may have missed out on. I mean, um, I think it's going to make a massive difference to our business. And like you say, that, that window of two, two or three years ago was a great window for us. Mm. Uh, we did really well. Um, I think when we were in League Two, we had a, it was clear to see that we had a superior budget to everyone around us. Uh, I think a lot of it probably goes down to, you know, our stature as well. I mean, have we competed and have we sort of competed for the promotion in the last few years? Um, will that put players off? I think there's a lot of different factors, but I do think Richard Hughes in particular is going to make a massive change to our recruitment. Yeah. Mark, thank you very much. Uh, likewise, Brendan, we'll be back with you guys uh, in just a few moments' time. But stick around and don't go anywhere, Pompey fans. The three of us will be right back with the third and final part, the conclusion of tonight's Pompey conversation when the Football Hour returns right after the break. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Good evening, welcome along for the final time this evening to the Football Hour, sponsored this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they provide across Hampshire and along the South Coast too. The Blues were held to a goalless draw last time out on Boxing Day then, but next time up for Danny's Cowley side, a return to Fratton Park, and the first of a double header of home fixtures either side of the New Year celebrations. Ipswich Town are Pompey's opponents on Thursday night as the curtain comes down on 2022, and if we're being honest, that's probably for the best. Before we come on to preview that one in greater length and gather the final thoughts of Mark and Brendan, a closer look into the challenge set to be provided by the Tractor Boys. Following Pompey's Boxing Day stalemate at St James Park, we prepare now for the final game of 2022. Ipswich Town, the opponents as the Blues return to home soil. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Danny Cowley's side sit 11th in League One after their goalless draw with Exeter City earlier this week and will be looking to build upon that this time around to claim their first league win since October the 25th. Here's what the Tractor Boys have to offer after what has been a very strong first half of the 2022-23 campaign. Manager. 36-year-old former Manchester United coach Kieran McKenna is now in charge of Ipswich. McKenna was appointed at the helm last December following the dismissal of ex-Blues boss Paul Cook at Portman Road. He has since led the Tractor Boys on 54 occasions in League and Cup, winning 30 matches in all competitions. One to watch. Former Pompey attacking midfielder Marcus Harness has been tagged as our one to watch on this occasion. The 26-year-old made the permanent move to East Anglia back in the summer on a deal which saw Joe Piggott come in the opposite direction to PO4 on a season-long loan. Since swapping Portsmouth Blue to Ipswich Blue, Harness has found the back of the net on seven occasions from 24 appearances across all competitions. 
The expert and playmaker currently wears the number 11 shirt for his new team. The top scorer. Another former blue on the agenda here as top scorer. This time it's Connor Chaplin under the spotlight. Chaplin represented Portsmouth on a professional level for five years up until 2019 before moving on to Coventry City following a brief but successful loan spell with the Sky Blues. The now 25-year-old had been on the books at Fratton Park since 2003 before turning pro in 2014, working his way up the ranks in the Youth Academy before making over 100 senior appearances in Royal Blue. So far this season, the Tractor Boys number 10 has netted nine league goals as well as two in the FA Cup. Current form. Kieran McKenna's side occupies second in Skybet League One following a return to winning ways on Boxing Day over Oxford United. Monday's 3-0 victory over the U's at Portman Road came after a defeat by a goal to nil away at Wickham nine days prior. Across their previous five matches in the league, the Tractor Boys have picked up three wins, one draw and one defeat. Within that same time frame, they have also been knocked out of the Papa John's Trophy by none other than Portsmouth themselves, just days before reaching the third round of the FA Cup, after beating National League North outfit Buxton by four goals to nil in round two. So, can Pompey end the year on a high with a much-needed league victory? Or will they be heading into 2023 in an even gloomier situation to which they entered 2022? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. A more in-depth look into your Pompey opponents for the final game of the year. Ipswich Town, who make the journey down to the south coast on Thursday evening. Mark and Brendan still alongside me for the next 10 minutes or so. Um, Mark, one win in the last 12 for Pompey. And next up, second-placed Ipswich Town. Not the, Well, you don't really want to face any team in this kind of form, do you? But certainly Ipswich Town, Pompey, one of the worst in, in the form guide at the moment. And you come up against the Tractor Boys, who have got some real threats within their side. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's not going to be an easy game by any means, is it, mate? I think we're all aware of that. I think... Um, we just got to get through this rough patch. I think there there are signs of improvement. I think we've just got to remember um, that. It's, I mean, I think regardless of form, on any given day at Fratton Park under the lights, we have the ability to really turn it on. And I think if the fans are there in full force and they get behind the players, and you know the players can use some of this sort of confidence that I hope they've gained from the weekend's result. I think look, we can't sit here and say, yeah, we're going to hope the Pompey win, but if we can scrape through and not lose. I think that will help us massively. But at the same time, I'd, I'd make an argument that if we did lose, um, we shouldn't fall too much by the wayside and focus on the future because this is a game that we're not expecting to win. So I think we've got to look at it realistically. Yeah. Marcus Harness, we heard in the this week's opposition, featured just there. Um, Brendan is our one to watch. Connor Chaplin, top goal scorer at Portman Road um, as well. But Marcus Harness himself came off uh, in the Papa John's Trophy game against Pompey at Portman Road um, just last month. He had to go uh, undergo knee surgery. He's actually expected to be back for uh, the visit to Fratton Park on Thursday evening. So, um, yeah, not only have we got to deal with the likes of Janelle Donation, um, Connor Chaplin, Marcus Harness, uh, Wes Burns as well to name but a few. This is going to be a very tough test um, for Pompey's midfield and defence has been as has been the case uh, in many games this season. Ipswich just one of four teams to have beaten the Blues so far this campaign. How does Pompey try and deal with the threat that these players are set to pose given the current form? Well, that's a big question for Danny Cowley. Uh, well, they are a very strong side, and um, I don't like saying it because I'm not a big fan of Ipswich personally, you know. But historically, they've always, they've always, well, except for last season, they've always struggled to play to win at Fratton mm-hmm. Park or even beat Pompey in general. 
Um, obviously, last year was a bit of a, a painful one. That was a four nil. Um, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, Harness and uh, and uh, Chaplin, two players we know very well as Pompey fans over the last uh, last uh, six seven years in before, before Chaplin left. Um, Freddie Ladapo up front. They're a strong team, so we, we need mm. to be uh, very switched on, very focused at the back. Um, I'm not too keen if we're going to be playing the three centre halves. Mm. I know it sounds good, but then you sort of expose yourself when your wingers go running up the pitch and they've got pace. They got pace at their, at, 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 in their attacking Ladapo Chaplin harness. I like to see us go back to a four at the back. Personally, I saw Swanson come on for the last last ten fifteen minutes uh, yesterday, so um, I want to see Swanson back in the right back and. Uh, and uh, even Ogilvy in at left back, and just want to be shoring up the defence. If, if we're going to yeah. turn around this form and the players to turn up and be up for it, it's going to be Ipswich Town at home in mm. under the lights of Fratton Park. It could be a massive, massive confidence boost, massive catalyst to try and kick st- kick on into twenty twenty three. Really set a precedent for what we hope to be a much stronger um, New Year period for the Blues. Some stats to read out before we do go. One, one or two from Andy Moon. Uh, Pompey's last League One goal, twelfth of November. Morecambe. The last time Pompey scored two goals in a League One fixture, 1st of October at Ipswich, a game in which we actually lost as well. Um, also, another stat from Chris Powers, who says we are 18th in the league for open play goals. Um, hardly the fast attacking football that we were promised. Uh, the opinion of uh, Chris Powers um, on Twitter there and, and going by the form guide in League One over the past um, five games for Pompey, of course, that nil-nil draw with Exeter City at St James's Park on Boxing Day, and of course the defeats to MK Dons and Wickham in recent weeks. The Blues currently 11th in the overall standings from their opening 20 games of the season, but the form guide shows a little bit of different story over the last five matches. Pompey are in the relegation zone. 21st position, just three points picked up over the last five games. The last 10 games, um, not much better. 20th, nine points picked up in the last 10. We also know one win in the last 12 in the league and only one goal scored in the previous five League One fixtures. Um, Coming on to the January transfer window then, that is coming up, Mark, in just a few days' time. Um, The January transfer window kick starts. Where, Where do you think Pompey need to strengthen the most? It's, it, we're in that sort of funny phase, aren't we, where we've got, I'd argue that at the start of the season, we, we had the complete squad and we, we still do. Um, we just have, you know, a number of injuries. So I, I wouldn't look to make any sort of uh, rash uh, permanent signings. Um, the news on that centre midfielder, I actually would argue that centre midfielder is an area that, although we could use some help with, um, we, we, we actually don't need the numbers. I mean, if yeah. we have a fully fit team, I'd argue that we don't need another centre midfielder. Um, it's, it's a really tough one, mate. I mean, I'd argue that we probably just need that little bit more creativity in the final third, something that we have missed for a long time. I think Michael Jacobs is a player that we could do with replacing, uh, someone who is in uh, better physical condition, uh, who could remain fitter. Um, I think that is where we would look to improve, in my opinion. 
Fair enough. Okay, uh, we are running out of time, I'm afraid, lads. Let's rate in those score predictions, shall we? Steve on Facebook is going for a 2-1 defeat. Uh, Kevin is going for a, a very optimistic one-all draw. And, uh, and that seems to be it so far on Facebook, on the emails. Um, also, uh, another gentleman called Steve, I believe it's probably someone else, is going for a 0-0 draw. Another goal of stalemate at Fraston Park, according to Steve, on the emails. Okay, uh, Mark McGee, your score prediction, please, ahead of Pompey versus Ipswich. I've got to remain optimistic, Jake. I'm going to go 1-1. One, 1-0. One. <laughs> one Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, Brendan, your guess, please, my friend. Well, uh, I'll disrespect Tom if I didn't say 4-0 written all over it, but <laughs> um, I'll be going to be optimistic. I'm going to go for a... I want us to win 2-1, and uh, we need to score. I, w- I want <laughs> us to win 2-1 as well, Brendan. Win 2-1. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I think, Mark, I'm going to go with yourself. I'm going to go for a very optimistic one all draw. I can't say I'm too confident of maximum points being taken from this one, I'm afraid, but who knows? Maybe a draw against uh, a very good Ipswich side. It might not be the worst result, Pompey fans. Let's not... Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Uh, victory on Thursday, quite unlikely. However, as you've quite rightfully pointed out, uh, both Brendan and Mark tonight have, have, have quite rightfully mentioned, Fratton Park um, can always bring up uh, a special result if the fans can get behind the team. We can make it a difficult atmosphere for Ipswich, and, and maybe we can get that much-needed League One victory. Uh, unfortunately, that does conclude this evening's edition of the Football Hour. A big thank you to Mark McGee for his contribution to the show. Mark, cheers. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and have a happy new year. And yourself, Jake. Cheers, buddy. And the same goes, of course, to Brendan, too. Thanks for coming on, Brendan. Enjoy your New Year's celebrations, and I'm sure we'll be hearing from you again in 2023. Thank you for having me, Jake. Thank you very much for having me. Take care. Thank you very much to you both, lads. OK, Pompey Lithe is back for one more time this year. Following the Boxing Day goalless stalemate between Pompey and Exeter at St James's Park, Ipswich Town are the Blues opponents for the final game of 2022. You can join us here on Express FM this Thursday from 7 o'clock. Myself, Robbie James and Jay Sadler with all of the build-up, commentary and reaction as the Blues look to end the year, hopefully, on a high. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. It's just one win in 12 games for Portsmouth. Final whistle goes here at St James Park, but it's a nil-nil draw that they will feel they could and maybe should have found a way to get more from. And things won't get any easier for them next as they host second place Ipswich Town at Fratton Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action Thursday evening from 7. Be live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Thursday night from 7 o'clock, 7.45 kickoff at PO4 as the Blues welcome Ipswich Town to Fratton Park for match day number 21 of their Skybet League One campaign. The first time they've played uh, a League One side for the second time this season as we look to enter the second half of the campaign. Of course, the Blues still have games in hand, the trips to Accrington Stanley and, of course, the home game against Bolton and the trip to Barnsley has yet to be played. But we are essentially entering the second phase of the 2022-23 season and Pompey end for 2022 calendar year at home to Ipswich Town this Thursday, 7.45 kickoff, 7 o'clock. We start here on Express FM. There were, there are 10 uh, games in total on Thursday evening, nine uh, apart from the Blues, of course. Barnsley entertain Fleetwood Town. Bristol Rovers play host to Exeter City. Forest Green Rovers are home to Burton Albion. You've also got Morecambe versus Accrington Stanley. Oxford v Charlton Athletic. MK Dons travel to Peterborough. Plymouth Argyle play host to Wickham Wanderers. Sheffield Wednesday, they're at home 
Northampton to Port Vale and Shrewsbury against Cheltenham Town rounds up your Thursday action. And then Friday the 30th, Derby County against Cambridge and Lincoln versus Bolton Wanderers. I'll be back on Friday evening, that's the 30th of December, for the final show of 2022. We'll be previewing Pompey's New Year Day um, fixture against Charlton Athletic at Fratton Park. I'll be back on Friday from 6 till 7. Until then, Pompey fans, have a great week. Stay safe and play at Pompey. Good night. <laughs>